Welcome to the most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Featuring at least three different books every week. Starring Martha Steele. The weirder the book, the better. Funny Golden. Historical fiction with a side of trauma porn. Keith Steigert. Reading the books your mother warned you about. Megan Runyon, reading YA and whatever her current fixation is. Pat Griner, refusing to read by the rules, as a rule. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination one book at a time, they are three book girls. Talk amongst yourself. Don't diss me, because I can fucking hear you. Oh, we're going to talk all the shit. Actually, you all should be proud. Martha narrowed her list down correctly this year. Did she? Because I probably will break the rules. Just just one little tiny, tiny, tiny rule. Uh-huh. It's just, it's not even like a breaking a rule. It's just, you know, yielding a little to the left. Actually, I haven't even narrowed mine down yet. It's so hard. <laughs> Taylor in the ch- in our reading rivalry chat where we, you know, talk reading rivalry things. She, Taylor, Taylor, our Patreon our, our, girl. Our Taylor, yeah. Uh-huh. You know how like there's different book, book challenges, challenges like Pop Sugar and Read Harder and all those? So Taylor said we should do a three book girls reading, reading challenge. challenge, like a listener challenge. Or we could do it too, but like a listener challenge. And you don't want them too specific because like we've all been kind of bitching in that chat that like Pop Sugar is like too specific. It's like read a book written in 1993. We can keep it us and make it up, but we don't want it to be like overly specific where people are like, this is a pain in the ass. I don't really like the Goodreads anyway. Yeah, they piss me off. I could have told you when they first made all the nominations, I could have told you then which book was going to win for every category. I was kind of surprised at what actually one for the debut category. Hmm. I expected Chain Gang All Stars to do better. It's all about the TikTok and now I have to go look. And Insta. See. Yeah. It was way wayward. Is that what yeah. one wayward one? Yeah. Oh yeah, I wasn't surprised by. That well, I haven't read that one, so I don't know. Will I? Hate I it? haven't read it either. I'm no. just saying you could tell just from the books that get the most press. And the most like okay. stuff on TikTok and Emily Henry, Allie Hazelwood. I mean, yeah, Fourth Wing. You just you knew. Yeah, you just know. It's honestly become a popularity contest. It's just all oh, the yeah. cool kids who get recognized. Yeah, it's the people who have the most money and the oh. best publicity. Honestly, yeah. I guess it's partially our job to highlight the books that were fantastic that weren't necessarily picked by the most popular kids true there are mm-hmm. lots of books out there so each of us doing five that gives you a pretty good slice of even though there ours aren't all from the same year so martha valiantly narrowed her list down today she watched <laughs> me do it she did i i gave it the i didn't i don't know what's on her list but she's playing by the rules so you're saying that um if i Bent the rules slightly. <gasps> Bonnie? What? I would be setting a bad precedent since yes. I always go first. Yes. Uh-oh. I'm going to have to do it. I'm sorry. No, Bonnie. <laughs> not just, just somebody bend, other not than break. me. <laughs> bend, break. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
That's pretty funny. Bonnie, Bonnie, Bonnie. I know. What? I can't help it. Yes, I had you... like 12. And well, I... I had, how many did I have? 19. I had 19 when I started. She just does her five I just, star I just go I through. You guys don't understand how to pare down books. Everybody has their own different way of trying to pick how to pare down. How do you pare down, Keith? How, what, what's your determination on how you choose? Because you um, read more than I do. So I'm just wondering what your system is. I read so many books that the first time I go through and I write down all the books that I still remember or that made, I go through Goodreads and I write down the ones that stood out. And then I go back through that list and I look to see which ones I gave five stars to. And then I look to see, are some of them like, I try to pick different ones. Like, so if I had like, I don't know, a bunch of reverse harems that I liked, I try to pick like one, you know what I mean? Or that kind of thing. I mean, there's always at least two or three that, when I'm reading them, I'm like, oh, this is going to make the list. So gotcha. I remember that. Yeah. I also have a whole lot that I really, really enjoyed, but that I kind of pick ones that span up. Like, I could have had five really smutty romances, but I try to pick ones that have a variety. Okay. I have, I mean, like, it killed me to take one of the books off of my list because it was by, like, my one of my favorite authors. But, I oh. mean, it goes without saying that I love her books, so, and I talk about her all. So I picked something, like, a little different. Um, I had okay. one of those, too, okay. that I was like, this is a given that this would be on my list, so I don't right. need to put it on my list. Right. <laughs> I just rate my, I obviously put everything on Goodreads, and then I go through and I just write down all of the five-star reviews. With Which the probably ex- isn't hard for you, but it's yeah, it would be difficult if I did that. Yeah, because I don't give really that many. This year, especially, you only had this 19. Year, uh, this year, I had way fewer than normal. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. We have a lot more four-star reviews this year. You're getting Didn't, were you stingy. Were just like a month or two ago that you'd had more five stars this year than typical for you? I thought that too. Yeah. Maybe I was thinking that. Maybe in my mind I was thinking that. But, but then, then when, the, came when for I the actually data. had to go down. Well, because there were some of the ones that, that I gave five stars that I didn't put on that list. Stuff like yeah. things that are in a series or... I mean, like I took off the two nonfiction ones because I, I, I mean, yeah, they were fantastic, but not really to the level that I, it has to compete with these other books. I took a bunch right. of the horror ones off. I just go through my list and remember what I was like super excited about at the time or try to be like, okay, what was I like so jack? Because it's easy for like to pick ones when they're recent. Well, and that's so it's the hard, problem yeah. I was talking about is like you look all the way back to January and I read some really freaking awesome books back in January that were really exciting. But then by the time you get here today, it's really hard to include those, but you can't not include them. So it's like you're arguing with yourself about how you should make that determination. Yeah. It's frustrating. Well, and I didn't look at my, my star ratings until I picked my top five. But I mine all 
but one were five stars. And then I felt like since I made it to my five, my end of the year list that it, I probably need to up it to a five star. So I made, I went into Goodreads and adjusted my review on the one. But what about you, Bonnie? How do you make your determination? I kind of do almost like what Keith does. And I just go through the list of stuff that I've read for the year and um, <clears throat> write down all the stuff that I like, you know, look at the cover and think, oh yeah, I remember that book. I liked it. Then write them all down. Well, actually I take pictures with my phone <laughs> <laughs> and then I go through the pictures and I dwindle it down. I really like to uh, try to do one in each genre. See, that's, that's the other thing that I was really regretting because I didn't put anything from the horror genre in at all, even though I read it most I, yeah. I had to remove, because I, I had to pick. Ugh. So frustrating. Like there were some historical fictions that I eliminated, even though I really loved the books, because I was like, all right, I really want this historical fiction in there. And I don't want to take any of these other out be because of the other categories. So, Yeah. What about you, Pat? What's your system? I go through my list. I, I don't do ratings, but I just keep a list of mm -hmm. everything I've read. And I go through and, and basically look for the ones that have stayed most vivid in my memory. I thought about doing it by genre, but when, when it came down to it, I looked at what was most vivid in my memory. And I had two sci-fis, two non-fictions, and a literary fiction. And it's like, yep, that's it. <laughs> I'm really feeling remorse because I took some horror ones off because I really did have some good horror reads this year. Maybe uh, as yes. maybe as a, a Patreon episode, we could talk about some of the books we would have included if we weren't yeah. being held oh, to such standards. That's a good idea. Yeah. Well, and the other the other thing I do is I is I limit it to books that I've actually reviewed on the podcast because there were oh. there were a couple of my favorite books that I've read this year, but I read them because somebody else reviewed them and I went like see now that's under the sea yes and went well yeah somebody else has already see that's what we should do that that's what we should do we should no. what because I. <laughs> If we if we do a, a mini episode review, <laughs> yeah. If we if we do no, what I'm saying is if we do a mini episode for the people like uh -huh. Pat was just saying the books that she read that other people had recommended that had already been reviewed, it's like the things you really wanted to leave in but couldn't. Mm. Okay, yeah, that's what I was saying. Okay, you were looking at me like I was asking you to. No, I thought you were saying we that for our like picked list, it had to be things we were viewed on the show. No, no, and I no. was like, but some of my favorites are series, <laughs> things that yeah, happen in series. No. All right, Bonnie, let's get this show on the road. A show in the world. Since there's five of us and six books. What? How many? Yeah, yeah, yeah. around. Yeah. <laughs> you approximately make me want to murder people. Approximately. I mean, that's kind of like the speed limit, right? Six, six, six adjacent. <laughs> oh, I was so hoping, that, speaking of the speed limit, because you know the police out by Martha's house have nothing better to do than pick people up. So I now after I got my ticket out here, I like go the speed limit. And we came off of the like off the turnpike and some guy was hauling ass down that road and i was like dude i hope there's a cop up here because you took off did he get did he get busted? no they already had somebody pulled over oh. <laughs> they were right there by the fireworks shop oh 
man, they... And it was two police. So yeah. I don't know if they were chasing this guy, but I, it's, I was like, dude, I hope your ass gets busted up here uh-uh. because they're, he, I mean, I was going like maybe five over and he like, just was like, whoosh. Did I, I was you, like, did I tell you guys, I stopped at Walmart um, on my way back because I went furniture shopping with the kids and I stopped at Walmart on my way back <laughs> and it was like three o'clock, right? It was like 3.15. It was not. Yes, it was. No, it wasn't. <laughs> but anyway, and I was just thinking... Jeez, I hope Megan doesn't show up early. And as I turned the corner there, <laughs> Megan was right next to me. And I'm honking my horn. And she's just sipping her drink, ignoring me. I was jamming so, to Hamilton. I'm sorry. So I so I zoomed up ahead and I started like going like this with my wheel to see if I could get, because M- Megan gets all, well, what's that bitch doing? <laughs> it's exactly what I started to be like, what the fuck? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, that's Martha. She could see my butt. Because <laughs> she has distinct stickers. I so did. I knew. I did think that. Though. I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, it's Martha. <laughs> that's why I did that, because I knew what you'd say. All right. So, Bonnie, you get to be the rule breaker right out of the gate. No. Not breaker. I'm just kind of, you know, bending a little. Lean into the left. And we all, we all lean to the left. So I'll start with, you know, the obvious, because I know everybody knows that this is going to make my top and <laughs> Ken Follett, the armor of light, because it's Ken Follett and I love him and I love all of the characters in Kingbridge and I don't care if they have very sad lives. I still want to go on vacation. I want to take a mini break to Kingbridge. Little and tra- that was a little trauma one. porn by the sea. <laughs> little trauma porn by the sea. And um, in case anyone didn't remember the review, that was the one that started out with the guy getting crushed by the uh, turnip truck. What do you call it? Turnip cart. The carriage. The turnip cart. Yeah. I was like, that thing that gets pulled by the horses. Did I tell you that I woke up from my nap with a headache? The, the struggle's real, man. Oh, man. That sucks. So, yeah. You know I'm going to love it. It's Ken Follick. It's Cambridge. I just... Those are the greatest stories. I've, Even though each one of those books is like more than 20 hours a piece, I have read them like three times or four times. This is my fourth time to reread them all <laughs> the third time. And I'm going to say for comedy... My favorite one was Surely You Can't Be Serious, The True Story of Airplane. And I love it just because the comedy is so dry and so right on the edge of needing parental (laughs) descriptions, parental consent. It's just, they're funny. And just some of the little angsty things that they describe in that book are just hilarious. And anyone who doesn't remember, that's, the story of making of the movie airplane, um, which is like one of my favorite movies, even though I was only a little kid when I watched it, I've watched it. I don't even know how many times throughout the years. And it's one of those ones that you just remember the lines for my Martha approved weirdness. I I picked sourdough by Robin Sloan. <laughs> I love because that book. <laughs> That book, it was just, and I don't like weird books. You know I don't like weird books. Which is why I was so surprised that you liked it. 
but it's kind of like this book was like boiling a frog like <laughs> it starts out so normal and so tempid and it very slowly raises the weirdness that you go right along with it and you're like i'm there for you <laughs> I'm just mushrooms confused. that take over a city. Yes, <laughs> I'm just confused about the boiling a frog analogy. I, I oh. was gonna say that is that it's is an analogy lobster. that it's like I, I, I've heard that a lot actually. It's because you put like, it in the water and you and you heat it up slowly, and the frog does not realize that it's dying because it's like, oh my god, this hot tub is awesome, and then before you know it, the yeah. frog is boiled. If you put a frog in boiling water, it's just going to hop right out. If you put it in cold water and slowly boil it, it's going to stay in the water. That's what I mean. Hmm. I You've never I'd, heard that analogy? I've heard it a I ton of times. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's a for your, cruel. You're right. It is. It's... And I'm sorry for all of the animal lovers. You know, I am one of them. I would never actually boil a frog. <laughs> Come on now, reminds Monty. me of the scene in is it Annie Hall where they're trying to boil the lobsters and they and they're terrified of them and the lobsters are banging on the inside of the pot. And, yeah, for my uh, romance book, I picked Landing by Emma Donahue, and uh, this is the one that at the very beginning of the book, one of the characters, main characters has to take a plane ride from America to England because one of her parents are sick and the guy next to her dies. Oh, and they yeah. just leave him there in the seat until they land. And the stewardess who talks to her about the dead person sitting next to her in this freaking 12 hour flight that she's on, uh, they end up like start dating and she lives like in Dublin. And um, the other character lives in, america so it's a long distance romance thing back and forth but it's snarky and funny and i don't know i just really liked it and i don't like romances and this one i just really liked so that was my romance pick for my horror novel i picked the girl in red by christina henry and we've talked about christina henry before yes, i we have reviewed a lot of her books she is a fantastic writer and her books have such dark connections to what's happening in the real world and dark humor in them and if in case anyone doesn't remember this is the one that kind of roughly parallels the pandemic oh, like yeah. there's a pandemic going on in her world um, and basically it's just like, what do they call it when the military takes out over, uh, martial law. law, martial law, yeah, martial, martial law takes over and people are not nice. And mm -hmm. the main character is not only black, but she's also disabled. So it's almost like these white I don't know if they're like supremacy guys or what, but these, this group is trying to annihilate all of the quote unquote bad blood. Yeah. It sounds about so like she, white supremacy bullshit. Yeah. So she takes off, you know, through the woods to grandma's house who lives off the grid. It's kind of like a very dark, more realistic telling of little red riding hood. 
But yeah, it was a freaking fantastic book. And Christina Henry, if you pick up any of her books, now be warned, they are dark and they are horrific in parts, but they are fantastic. How many was that? Five. Yep. Yep. So you get it. And you my your honorable mention. My honorable mention is going to be an author and not a book. And that's going to be uh, Kristen Hanna for bringing us two very fantastic women of war books this year. And that's Homefront, which happens in Desert Storm and The Woman, which actually doesn't come out until next year. But I reviewed it this month on the podcast and um, about uh, a military nurse in Vietnam. And since I did two, I won't talk about that too much. That's why I said I just bent the rules a little. I didn't really okay, break that's them because it's an author and not a book. That's fair. Because Kristen Hanna is a wonderful writer. I've read a few of her books and I've loved all of them. And these are two great ones. And both of them, funnily enough, I did not really like the main characters at the beginning of the book, but I liked them by the end. Hmm. And it takes a lot to change your first impression of a character. Well, I mean, I ended up liking the main character of Girl on the Train by the end, but it took me three freaking tries to read the book. So I'm not really counting that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that was um that was my five. I obviously had to get rid of probably another seven that I really liked this year. And you know, Martha, you said that you thought you had a lot of five star reviews. Yeah. When I was thinking back on my year of books, mm-hmm. nothing stuck out in my brain. And then when I went back to look at my list, I was like, oh yeah, I loved that book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I had a lot of really, really, really awesome books, but a lot of mediocre ones. Yeah, I'm already nervous for next year since I'm trying to read so many books off my physical shelves that I'm going to feel like I'm going to have a lot more like in-depth books Mm. next year. Yeah. So that might be make my list for next year harder. Yeah. Okay. Something uh, to look forward to. I know. Right. I have to take really good notes. Okay, Keith, we we would love to hear what your best books of this year were. So I am a lot easier a reviewer than you all. So I had scads and scads of five-star reviews because <laughs> I'm just easy that way. Because you're, you're so much nicer than we are. That has to be it. <laughs> if a book engages me enough that I read it the whole way, like, and... I like lose myself in it. I'm like, okay, you get five stars. So, I mean, and it, it's pretty hard for a book to three stars is my like one star review. And it's pretty <laughs> hard for a book to do that shitty. That it gets I, three stars. I agree. I think I only gave one this year. That was like, kill me. I mean, I probably gave more than one, but I mean, I did attempt some really fascinating books just to be weird. I reviewed a bunch of these. One of, and I didn't put these in any kind of order, but um, "Lives of Puppets" by T.J. Klune was one of my favorites favorites this year. I feel like every year, one of T.J. Klune's books is my favorite, so it's probably not a big surprise. I gushed and gushed about this book that came out over the summer, uh, "Covenant of Water" by Abraham Verghese was one of my favorites. 
and I reviewed that on the podcast as well. I reviewed this next one too, Still Beating by Jennifer Hartman. That was the start of my trauma porn <laughs> fixation <laughs> because that was the book about the two people that get like what kidnapped and chained in a basement oh. and forced to like have sex with each other. Yeah, yes. that's right. Okay. I didn't review the next book. It was called Until I Get You by Claire Contreras. And uh, it's it's a, a hockey romance, but with a twist because... You robbed us of a hockey romance review? <laughs> well, it's it's a really dark hockey okay. romance. Okay. <laughs> like, the girl has a stalker, and it, it's a, like a thriller kind of romance. Gotcha. So, yeah. And then... Um, <laughs> so, since I knew that everybody bends the rules all the time... My last book is a series of books. All three of them were published this year. Yes. And I read all three of them this year. Townsend Harbor series by Kerrigan Byrne and Cynthia St. Aubin. And the books in the series that I've read so far are The Nevermore Bookstore, Brewbies, and Bizarre Girls. And it's basically about this small town. And uh, each book... Each book title is the name of a, 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 a business in this town that a woman owns. And each of the women have um, something different about them that the book is really good at giving representation for. I'm never going to I'm never going to be able to pronounce this. But the, the first one is about a character with this debilitating illness that causes her pain all the time. It's called like spondylitis ankylidosis forgive me i can't pronounce it <laughs> that's but one of those like words you this... read in a book and your brain just goes blah, 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 blah. well here's me being a big old nerd like i i watch the try guys on youtube like a big old nerd and one of the guys has this disorder so i know some about it but not how to pronounce it but i mean it's literally like you just have pain all the time and i mean you can get it when you're really young and there's not a whole lot aside from like marijuana that helps so it's like one of those things that they don't have a cure for it they don't really have anything like people have tried like all sorts of things and i mean and this book just really taught a lot about it the second book in the series is about a woman who has um adhd and having that myself it was really incredibly portrayed and it really makes you feel kind of seen. And then in the third book, the woman is diagnosed with high functioning autism and all my kids have that. And I mean, all three of these books, I mean, were about people with conditions that you don't really read books about. So it was really neat. There was a lot of mental health rep and like, you know, illness rep and all sort and they were done and they were hysterically funny and really really spicy too so i mean it was all the all the good things wrapped up in a package so those were mine nice lovely pat let's see looking back through no in no particular order just the order i guess the order that i read them in in the year because i just went through my list from beginning to end so my first pick is Eversion by Alistair Reynolds. It's a sci-fi book that has the cleverest, best twist I have read in years. 
it, it's a book that will confuse you. I'll, to summarize real quickly, it's about a, a ship that a, a spaceship, but when you start out, it's not a spaceship. It's a seagoing vessel, like in the 1700s. And then the story repeats again on a slightly later seagoing vessel. And it repeats again on a blimp exploring caverns under Antarctica. And then it moves into the spaceship. But they're all the characters and the essential elements of the plot keep repeating. And you find oh. out by the end that there is a really, really clever reason for the way that these patterns are coming up and how they're repeating and just just blew me away with the cleverness and the intricacy of the plotting. So who was who that, that by again? Sorry. Alistair Reynolds. And the book is called Eversion. My second pick is also a sci-fi, and that is Atomic Anna by Rachel Barenbaum. This is another sci-fi that skips around in time. It's one in which the main character has discovered a means of time travel, uh, but only for a limited time. She can go back to certain places for two hours only, and she can only go to the same place twice. And she recognizes that things in her past have have gone awry and she has to go back and, and try and fix things that she's done so that she can avoid the negative effects that this has caused for her daughter and her granddaughter. There's a lot that pulls into it. There's a lot of Russian history in it. The main character is a Russian female, Russian scientist who was working on the atomic bomb in World War II. And so you get a lot of history and particularly Russian history in there. Her granddaughter is a graphic novelist or a, a, an artist for graphic novels. And so you get a Pretty good draw in on the graphic novel side too. Wonderful characters, again, intricately plotted and very well done. No, no holes, no loose ends in the fabric. My third pick is Pigs in Heaven by Barbara Kingsolver. This is my my literary fiction pick. This is one, of, not a brand new one. I believe it was written in the early '90s, so about 30 years old. Deals with the question of white people adopting a Native American child. So still pretty timely in terms of the issues that it's dealing with. For a book that deals with a thorny subject like that, that can be very difficult, it's a book that wraps up, that makes you feel good at the end. And maybe, you, you know, there's a little tinge of, I bet things hardly ever work out this well in real life for people. <laughs> but... But this is a book that makes you, and it makes you feel good about everybody involved. You understand there are there isn't so much a villain in this book. There are just people who see doing the right thing a little bit differently, and they have their own reasons for wanting to support the adoption of the little girl by this white woman, or wanting to reverse that adoption and send her back to people who are part of the, the Cherokee tribe that she was born into. So it's a book that will make you think, and but it won't make you, it'll make you think, but it really doesn't make you mad. <laughs> a lot of books on topics like that, you end up getting mad. Yeah, This is a book you can read and, uh, and say, okay, I'm not going to get mad about this one. My fourth pick, no real big surprise here, Making It So by Patrick Stewart. His autobiography, memoir, whatever you want to call it, 
and not just for the Star Trek tie-in. It's a, first of all, a really kind of moving picture of growing up poor, very, very poor in a small, smaller English village and the struggle that he went through to make it out of that village and get uh, start pursuing something that was not even considered, I mean, you know, the the possibility as a possibility for a career for somebody in the circumstances he started out with, and fascinating looks behind the scenes. If you're a theater lover, you don't have to be. I I really can't emphasize this enough. You don't have to be a Star Trek fan to enjoy this book. If you are a theater lover, you will really, really enjoy the picture you get of behind the scenes life and what an actor's life and the struggle to uh, to move up the ranks and, and the, the, the funny things that happen and the, and the serious things that happen. And he doesn't pull any punches. He's, he will admit, and he does admit in the book that, for example, two, two of his marriages fell apart because he was cheating. And so, yeah, he's, he's not afraid to make himself a hero with feet of clay. Uh-huh. So you get, you get some real stuff there and it's so much, even in the written version, I, I, I'm not quite sure why I didn't listen to it in an audio book, except that I wanted that physical book on my shelf. But I'm sure he must narrate the audio book, which would be spectacular. But even in the written version, you hear his voice. It's so authentic. It's like I said, I'm quite quite sure that he wrote it himself. This was not a, a ghostwriting situation. My fifth book, as long as everybody else is breaking the rules. Okay, so I have my fifth book is This Is Going to Hurt by Adam Kay. This was the diary of a doctor in the in the resident stage of his training. And it's funny as hell. Uh, but it also makes you go, oh my God, these people are taking care of us and they really don't know quite what they're doing yet. <laughs> I he's not a doctor. that question yeah. every day when I worked at the hospital. <laughs> uh, it really, it's, it's, it's great fun. It's, it's a quick read. It's a fun read. Um, and it also gives you an appreciation for, I said, you know, they, they don't know everything in the world because how could they? No, but medicine is such a vast field. And even with, within specialties, there's so much to know and so many weird little things, weird little one odd symptom that might tip you off that it's this rare condition, you know, and and no one, even the best doctors are going to know all of those possible things. But it also gives you an appreciation for how incredibly tough their lives are during the intern and residency stage and how much of their personal and private lives they give up how hard it is to keep a relationship going, how uh, difficult it is just to to make ends meet because they're getting paid peanuts. They have they're working literally 60, 80, 100 hours a week. And the fact that he kept a sense of humor through it at all is pretty impressive. It's a very entertaining book. If you that's that's one of my nonfiction picks, but if you're a big Antarctica fan, The Ship Beneath the Ice, the story of finding the endurance. Probably only, a, it's it's going to be a specialized book. If you're not heavily into Antarctic stuff, it might not be the book for you. But if you are, 
definitely read The Ship Beneath the Ice by Menson Bound. And that's my five-ish six, my 5.5. <laughs> hey, we're all playing <laughs> fairly close to the rules. To loose yeah. with the rules. <laughs> no, we're playing closer to the rules than normal, honestly. Everyone is well-behaved this year. Uh, all right, so I guess it's my turn. And mine are also in no particular order. My first pick is Warrior Girl Unearthed by Angeline Booley, which is about the native girl who is working with the Tribal Museum to reclaim artifacts of their tribe from different museums. This, my next one, is actually the third book in a series, and it is Monsters of Men by Patrick Ness, which is the third book in the Chaos Walking series, uh, because through that entire book... I kept just being appalled at like mankind (laughs) and it felt very relevant to today, especially with how uh, the women were treated in that book. And it was, ugh. there's a TikTok audio that says, um, I'm not, it's basically like, I'm, I'm not afraid of God. I'm afraid of men. And so I used that audio and like held that book up as the audio because the whole time I was reading it, I just kept hearing that quote. And I I recommend the Chaos Walking series in general, but the third one was one I read this year. My next one is Beyond the Wand by Tom Felton. Uh, It was the first book I read for the year and... I just loved getting a behind the scenes of Tom and much like Patrick Stewart's book, you can just hear him reading it to you and it just was fabulous. And you got a little bit of behind the scenes of Harry Potter, behind the scenes of the struggles he faced after Harry Potter with um, alcohol and things like that. So um, as the world says, I'll get over Harry Potter when Tom Felton does. So I will love that man forever. (laughs) My next pick is Icebreaker by Hannah Grace, which should come as no surprise to anyone that listens to this show. Uh, I have fallen deep down the hockey romance rabbit hole. I blame my 20th high school reunion and being back around all the hockey players. But that one was their college kids. And it's the one that has the deceiving like cartoon cover. And then all of a sudden it hits you with like straight smut. (laughs) So uh, it's, fabulous and hannah grace is just amazing and that book was great my next pick and my fifth pick was killers of the flower moon by david gran because i just loved learning that much about oklahoma history i loved i took so many notes and so many annotations and so many things on that book uh, and it's, I still talk about it to people when someone will bring something up. I said, well, do you know, <laughs> and give little pit, bits of information out of that book. And it was just fabulous. And I highly recommend it if you're looking for native history books and my honorable mention. So number six is love on the brain by Allie Hazelwood, because it was just cute. And it was kind of, she writes a lot of women in STEM and it's, was fabulous and I love everything she does and yeah they they were the ones doing like NASA things if I remember was it that one that Keith it was NASA love on the brain was like the NASA I haven't read that one yet oh okay you have to read it so good pretty sure that was the one with NASA and they were like doing stuff with like the helmets and their brain chemistry in space and things like that if I remember correctly I may be combining two books 
because uh, I read that it was like the second book I read for the year. So it's kind of left details yeah. have left my brain at this point, but it was fabulous and I loved it. Is it my turn yet? It is because I'm going to behave and not pick my other honorable mention and make seven. Oh, so I'm not going to break see, the rules. That's why she was so busy <laughs> wagging her finger. She was waiting to see if one of us is going to break the rules first. I know. I had a backup just in case. <laughs> well, I already erased mine. So then I'd have to go and look them up again. <laughs> I so. had a backup plan for the for the backup. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to give mine in the order in which I read them because that's how I wrote them down. Because, you know, I go through Goodreads. So I just went back to January and that's how I started. So this was difficult because there were a lot of books that I really, really loved and that I gave five stars to. But it was hard to make this decision. So the first book I chose was State of Wonder by Ann Patchett. That was the one about the uh, Amazon rainforest where the, the guy goes missing in the rainforest and one of the pharmaceutical company people goes into the rainforest looking for him. It was just one of the most fabulous books I've ever read. I bawled like a baby at the ending. It was so good. Wow. Um, second book I chose... I chose because it was so many different things rolled into one. It was hilarious. It was horrific. It was eye-opening in so many different ways. It was called Don't Nobody Give a Shit About Carlotta by James Hanaham. It was so good. Oh my gosh, it was so good. The third book on my list could be considered a horror novel, could be considered a science fiction novel, which is actually where they put it in Goodreads. And it's also a debut novel. Chain Gang All-Stars by Nana Kwame A.J. Brenya. Starter Villain by John Scalzi. Obviously for the hilariousness of that, overall probably... The best book I read all year was All the Sinners Bleed by S.A. Cosby. Thank you, Shona L., for telling me about it and saying I should read it. And my honorable mention, which is number six, right? I, do I get an honorable mm -hmm. mention? Mm -hmm. Probably one of the best mystery novels I read all year was called Strange Sally Diamond by Liz Nugent. And I do believe I reviewed all of those so you could actually go back and listen to my review of each one if you wanted to I'm always amazed I, I know we all read differently and read different books but I am always amazed that none of us managed to cross over with favorite books it is interesting isn't it because we never I don't know if listeners know this we don't tell each other our list before we start never so like I'm all I'm always amazed, especially like Keith and I, because we both read a lot of romance that neither of us have yet to like cross and pick the same. And romance. we don't put a restriction on what you can pick, right? So it could have been something that we reviewed, or could have been something we didn't review. D doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's always intriguing to me that we never manage to cross, even when we've read books like especially think, Keith and I. Did we cross last year, Pat? It feels like Adrian Tchaikovsky was... We, we might have. Did. 
Yeah. We, we, I think I've, even though we don't have a rule about it, I think I've always restricted myself to what I've reviewed. So, okay. Since you, you general, I think you, you were first on the Tchaikovsky boat. So, but yeah, obviously I didn't go into any detail on, on what any of mine were. It's the end of the year. You can look those up. We'll put a list up on. Yes, I will pre our Facebook page and I'll Instagram. Pre plan them. I'll have them scheduled since I'll be on a boat. Oh no, Megan's going on a boat. We're time traveling. Just for this one episode, yeah. though. We'll we'll still have a regular episode. You'll have listened to it already, actually. Yes, because we <laughs> did one last night and this is the one, one that's gonna run for end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So we still have one more yes to record this year yes okay good i won't be there i'll be on a boat it's fine <laughs> shut up you face <laughs> we don't want to hear you bragging about your hawaii trip uh, all right so yeah we'll 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 post our our three book girls reading challenge if you want to join us on a challenge um, yeah we just came um one of our Oh, we already talked about that. Yeah. I didn't, well, I didn't know if you were keeping it in or not. I don't know if I, I will or not. But we, we are planning. How about this? We are planning to post a three book girls yearly. Two, 2024 reading challenge. Reading challenge. And we'll, we'll do some kind of merch giveaway for those who complete it. We'll give you all the details as they as they emerge. To us. <laughs> <laughs> Since we've never done it before, we're trying some stuff out. Oh, and side note. The uh, will work for books magnet looks fantastic on the ass of my car. So <laughs> if you guys are thinking about getting one, it's awesome. Don't forget our bookshop.org slash three book girls page. If you want to order any of the books we talked about today, any of the books we talked about last week, the week before three or four weeks before or they forever. are there. Right. <laughs> not forever. I did not go back 370 something episodes <laughs> for the past month or so they are there for you to purchase through bookshop it supports us you can support your local indie that way and we would muchas appreciate it i'm distracted because i can hear ron tinkering in the kitchen which means there's pizza you can smell the smoke in here because the insulation is that's why you guys are so anxious like god we're only an hour in we usually go for two yeah. martha's <laughs> like i'm not reviewing anything because we're over time and i want pizza damn it <laughs> well time to eat I figure I've already reviewed books. We'll review for food. <laughs> it's so frustrating when I have one extra stitch and I don't know where the fuck it came from. Well, just combine them and move on. She can't. She's. Is it not like knitting? Like if you can just pick up, like pick up a stitch and drop a stitch, like. Um, yeah, it's can. it's textured, so I can't do it because it's textured and it throws my texture off. Ah. What are you making? Um, uh, is that a stocking? penis cozy? That's awfully large. It's <laughs> yeah. the penis cozy for Frankenstein. <laughs> for the, tip, my... the tip is nice and bright too. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> and here's its little ball. Yep. It's little, you know, the ball, ball sack cozy. holder. Yep. Ball sack holder. You had to go yep. there. Yep, that's well, it. That's what it, they I'm, can't I'm see it. More, more rock crawlers because that actually turned out to be a good thing. They're going at the store in the mall. Really? Did somebody buy Ron's Brook just to get the to the catnip toy. Hey, hey. <laughs> really? That's, that's awesome. Funny. There you go. That's that's your Amazon selling point right there. 
will include well, catnip no, toy. No, not not on Amazon. Only if you go to Spellbound and you have to go to Casper, Wyoming to to get the catnip toy. Oh, <laughs> damn it! It's winter up there. Is it snowing up there, Pat? Normally, after like mid October, you can't get to our cabin on the mountain. It's still completely dry up there. You can drive because we're looking at going up and getting my Amish log bed that's up there. We might use it on the set of the play I'm going to do. And oh. I was like, you can't get it except I texted my neighbors who have who go up more often because we don't even try in the winter. And they said, roads are clear and dry and drive right in. Wow. <laughs> I feel like we're going to get yeah, like so we better, a late winter. We better be getting some snow soon or it's going to be a bad summer next year. Mm, yeah. yeah I, it's going to be dry and hot. The Almanac said it was supposed to be a bad winter, which makes me think it's going to be a late bad winter, which also sucks. The Almanac is fake, Megan. I don't care. I, the Almanac <laughs> is real. It's not fake. It's, what are you talking it's about? It's fake. It's not it's fake. It's not fake. It's totally fake. No, it's not. The yes, Farmer's it is. Almanac? Yes. It goes off of patterns. Yes. Like patterns in the, like from past. Like caterpillars. It's fake. Yeah. No, it's not. But Dude, you know what it is? You know what is? Do you, you know also what? go by your horoscope as well? Sometimes they're right. Okay, whatever. The horse, you can't even <laughs> compare the farmer's almanac to the horoscope. Yes, you can. Which I actually sort of. do love to read, by the way. <laughs> oh, here it comes. <laughs> But you do you know what is a fallacy of things that people always say? You know how people are like, oh, the the horses and stuff are shedding. It's going to be like a winter won't be long because they're already shedding. It's not actually based on temperature. It's based on amount of daylight. The hmm. horses? Yeah, any animal that sheds. It's based on the amount of, well, other than probably like indoor pets. But like animals and stuff in the field, they'll be like, oh, the horses are shedding. Like we're not going to have a bad winter. They're already losing their coats. It has nothing to do with the temperature. It actually has to do with the amount of daylight hours. So random trivia for you at the end of the year, throw that out there at your family <laughs> gathering. If you want to, <laughs> I mean, the farmer's al almanac is basically like, I think about Amish people when I think about the, uh, no, not that there's anything wrong with Amish people. I'm just, that's the <laughs> oldest form of possible tech. I mean, you can't even call it technology. That's it's like a wives tale, man. You can't, those Amish people know what they're talking about. Right. I would, if there's somebody I'd trust about natural sh stuff, <laughs> I they, agree. that's their, that's their livelihood. They know they're close to the earth, man. <laughs> they're close but, to yeah, the earth, but they just... have no technology. I I'm sorry, but I'm going to go with the weather dude. I know, but they Your weather dude's go wrong. off of patterns in the weather too. Like El Nino's and El Nino's that happen. Those are off of patterns. Uh, Are we going to have a throwdown here? We're going to have a bitch and throwdown here. Yes. I'm just saying, I can't believe I, that you would not believe the farmer's albanac. Sorry. Do you I didn't about know you? you were such a freaking right wing conservative. Ah! What? Fake news. <laughs> yeah. The fuck and they're honest. They're honest with the day is long. Yeah. Next thing I know, you're going to be wearing a Make America Great Again cap. What the fuck? <laughs> no, that's the opposite. <laughs> Oh, you are going to get such a boob punch. Jesus do you, Christ. But do you know what? So I don't see how, where, how, how, do you, how do you put that together? She's Conspiracy. Just, because she's fucking with you. The uh, right wing happens to tend towards fake news kind of stuff. 
and you're sitting here telling me that the farmer's almanac no, that, that we've used for years is fake. Oh, I, I got to shut up because I'm, I'm going <laughs> to get I'm digging myself deeper into a hole. This is what I'm talking about, Bonnie. The difference between scientific technology and the patterns of the past. You take those and you compare them. Who's going to win? The data. Well, you use you use both. It doesn't mean that one's fake and one's real. It just means that you look at all of your knowledge and come up with the best answer. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of the modern technology is also based on patterns that they've observed. Well, I observed. get that. Yeah, I get scientific, that. Scientific American says the... Uh, Farm, old Farmer's Almanac has about an 80% accuracy rating. 80%? Oh, what? Okay. Yeah. When presented with new information, it's okay to change your mind. There you go. It is. It is. All right. But yeah. You gave me and a good argument, a Pat. Bonnie, your <laughs> argument was weak. <laughs> How is it weak? It's the same thing that Pat said. <laughs> no, it isn't. She just doesn't like that you called her a trumper. Uh, that's yeah, right. That's it. I'm a bit pissed off about that, to be honest. I better be smelling my hummus really close next You week better be. The real question is, has everyone picked what book they're going to read to kick off the new year? Crickets. No. No. No, am I the only one that like plans out You're what the my only what my one first that plans out your books, Megan? I, well, no, I just want my no, first that's not true. Because I've been sitting here writing down all the books that I haven't read on my bookshelves and like making a list and trying to decide a plan I of attack. I see. Okay. I always want my first book of the year to be epic. My my first book of the year, I think it might have been Ann Patchett. And mine was Tom Felton and it made my year end review. So, and so did yours if yours, that was the first Actually, one. it was the f for first month of the year, not necessarily first book I read. I, I struggle this time of year with reading. I don't know if anybody else does, but for some reason, why? Like December is my my worst reading month. So usually, like I try really hard to get back into it beginning of January, but it takes me about mid January to really get back into the groove. I don't know if it's just because of the holidays, because I just I need a mental break, hmm. or could be. I don't know, but it could be. I want a guy who looks at me like my dog looks at me. He wants to be fed. <laughs> <laughs> Feed me, Bonnie. That only looks at me when they want to eat or shit. Yeah, my dog looks at me, it means he's got to go out and take a shit. That's... Maybe not that part. <laughs> Megan, your candles are so hilarious. Speaking of Taylor Swift... Um, if anyone remembers, I got you hey, Robert, Robert, yes. Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Yes, it's it's those candles ago. that you buy at the grocery store that are like the prayer candles. Yeah, but they're called something. Prayer candles. Prayer candles. Oh, <laughs> okay. They're so a Catholic she's... thing, aren't they? Yeah, yes. they are. Yeah. Yes, Vonnie's. I think Vonnie. No, you buy them at the grocery store, though. Well, they, yeah, you, they like, have Catholic yeah, ones, like proper Catholic ones, in like the, the Hispanic store. Wow. grocery store yeah. section. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Vonnie. Vonnie started the collection with rob rob pattinson and yes. now she's got taylor swift and harry styles and harry styles and <laughs> that whole thoughts and prayers thing has a whole new meaning at megan's yes. house now. yes it does so just know <laughs> if you ever look me in the face and ask me if i've prayed on it 
The answer is yes, but not in the way you probably think. <laughs> okay, now I'm going to need some of those candles. If you hear saying, oh, God, oh, God, it's not because she's praying. Oh God. She's administering some self-love after her praying. <laughs> oh, my okay, God. All right, that's going to do it for Three, three Book Girls. girls. Ray, we ended it on Megan giving herself self-love. That's great. <laughs> If you made it this far, you are truly bookish. So go to Facebook and join your fellow book lovers on the Three Book Girls Squad. Follow Three Book Girls on socials and be on the lookout for their next live event. Proud of their lack of shelf control, Three Book Girls is a Steel Trap production. 